Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Prenmore. This week, we're chatting about just where we've been the past month. Stay tuned. Do you love listening to I'd Rather Stay In and want to support the podcast? Well, now you can. Visit our website or the link in our Instagram profile and click buy me a coffee or visit buymeacoffee.com slash IRSI podcast. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can help us cover the costs of creating this podcast. There are no monthly memberships and you can support us at whatever level you like, whenever you like. Whether you buy us one coffee, many coffees, or simply continue listening as always, we're so grateful for your support. Megan. Good morning, Steffi. I have not heard your voice in so long. I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> it's, I mean, you know, Instagram story is not included, but um, we have not seen each other in person in like a month, which is a this very is the, long time considering how close the, we live to each other. I know. Other. This is the longest we've gone without seeing each other in person since you moved here in 2020. So, yeah. <laughs> It's weird. Needless yeah, to say, ha- things have been going on. Yeah, well, because <laughs> I had my surgery, and then you went to Scotland, and then you were trying to catch up with work, and then my family got COVID, and <laughs> it's, it's, it's like been a month, and we're like, what the fuck is happening? It's November. Uh, yeah. What? What is? What's going on, Megan? I mean, I also got my hair cut. That's obviously the most important thing. You did thing. get your hair cut. It's so cute. You did that before you went to Scotland. It was very cute. Yes. Uh, it was funny. The other Yesterday, I was like, what if I cut it even shorter? What if I did a pixie cut? Because apparently, if you do a pixie cut, you could do anything. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that this is just like... I don't know where well, I okay. I have questions about if you get a pixie cut, you could do anything. But. I think it's because the, I think the assumption, which makes sense to me, is that like it's for most people when you get your hair cut, at least for women especially, it's like a huge uh-huh. deal and yes. like fraught. And a lot of the times, I know for me, when I get my hair cut, um, I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> Right. And it takes I know little, I'm not the it only one. It takes a minute to be like, oh yeah. my God, what did I do? Yes. Uh-huh. And so when, if you cut your hair really, really short, like that's very dramatic. Not that hair doesn't grow back, but it grow, takes a long time to grow back from yes. very short. And so I think the assumption is that like, if you can overcome, if you can do something like. Got it. That abrupt and that changing, like you can overcome anything. I think that's That ballsy. Got that it. ballsy. Yeah. It makes sense yeah. to me, but also I don't think I'm there yet with my hair. <laughs> but I mean, like, you at least do have the kind of hair that you could cut into a pixie cut. I do not. I mean, you could, but it would... It I would, would look like a little know. old lady. It would be bad. I would look like a little old poodle. It would be bad. Like a little helmet hair thing situation? Yeah, with the yeah. curls. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, it would be <laughs> bad. It would, it would be bad. No, thank you. I'll wait until I'm 80 for that. Thanks. What if... What if instead uh, we just shave it all off? Maybe it'll come back straight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) uh, no, thank you. (laughs) I don't mind the curls. I think I'll keep them. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) 
<laughs> Great suggestion, uh... though. <laughs> um, so, Megan, tell us about your trip to Scotland. Um, so, it was amazing. Uh, I will say the only disappointment is that there were no Northern Lights when we went to Orkney. Um, it's uh it's it's kind of it's like a season it's not necessarily seasonal thing but it's dependent on a lot of like atmospheric pressure and like all sorts of things and like um it was also very cloudy but there's this like forecasting tool where they show like how far they will reach or whatever Uh and when we were there I was looking at it and it was like you're not far north enough basically like you, we would have had to have been in, like, northern Canada or, like, Iceland, yeah. like, northern Sweden. And I was like, oh, so close. Um, so I brought my travel tripod that I fretted about uh, for no reason. But I know that if I had not brought it, there would have been amazing northern lights that I would not have been able to take good pictures of. So it's true. You know, so you so walk us through where you started, like the places that you went, because you went like across. I mean, not like I say across the country. Like Scotland is big; it's not. But you know, (laughs) we went a lot, a lot, a lot of places. Um, I would probably not be able to even remember all of them, to be honest. Um, off the top of my head, I would have to have a list. Um which I need to do anyway because I need to go through all of my photos. But we uh, flew to London, and then from London we flew to Inverness, which is okay. not a big airport. <laughs> um, I would not uh, think that it would be. <laughs> I mean, Inverness is – I wouldn't say, like, it's a small town, but the airport is, like, you know, two terminals. Smaller Basically, Or, like, a, you know, an ingoing and an outgoing <laughs> kind uh-huh. of situation uh so it was not big um i immediately hurt myself um <laughs> like at the airport her leg open this is the first picture <laughs> this woman sends me from scotland is a picture of this gash in her leg and i was like girl what did you do you I just fell in the parking the lot at the airport <laughs> it's fine Jesus. uh <laughs> It's almost completely healed now. That's good. I'm <laughs> glad for you. Uh, a plus for the uh, bandages that I got at the Tesco. Um, good job. So we uh, we had rented a car, so we were able to you know go wherever we wanted. Basically, um, I basically refused to drive uh, That's because like too they much drive math. It's they drive on the other side of the road. Yeah, that so... feels like math to me. Like, yeah, uh, it would be it'd be fine, sort of. But a lot of the roads in Scotland are um, not quite one lane, as in one car can go by at a time. But but some of them are where like you're driving down the road and then there's just like kind of an extra little shoulder and that is called the passing place. Yeah. Because if another car comes, you have to literally, like, pull Somebody over. Somebody has to, like, pull over, yeah. So someone can get by. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that's super awesome. <laughs> but luckily, uh, Steph, the friend that I went let's with, be, Let's she... be extremely clear that you don't like driving that way here in our 
like in at home. So I don't really like yeah, I don't really like driving that much anyway, but yeah. I definitely need my space. And the roads yes. are small and people drive they don't drive super fast there because they are aware that the roads are small. So at least there's that. But either way, Steph said she would drive, I would be the navigator. She's been to Scotland many times, so she has driven there before, so that seemed like the best option. The best uh, way. Especially because the sun also goes down a lot earlier there. And yeah. so uh, by the time we arrived at the first place, like the sun was already setting and we were driving like through trees. So it was kind of dark. And then yeah. later on when we were in Orkney driving to our house, it was like pitch black because you're on an island where no one, hardly anyone lives and there's no like street lights. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so we, from Inverness, we drove to the place we were staying, which is called Foyer's Lodge. It's on Loch Ness. Nice. Um, like overlooks it. It's very beautiful. Um, it's like this little Victorian era lodge hotel-ish. Um, Cute. Beautifully decorated. They have uh, meals there. So we had a wonderful, amazing dinners there. So good. They had like the first night we had um, this like, it was like a game meat pie. So it was like venison and rabbit mm. and like something else. And it was so good. It was Sounds freaking amazing. Um, so that was nice. And we went um, kind of like hiking around the next day in the area. It was like drizzly because it's Scotland. A lot of the time when we were in Scotland, it was drizzly. But not like in a super disgusting way. I feel like just in a some... like slightly damp way. Yeah, like slightly damp, but not like you feel like it's damp and you feel disgusting. Like it wasn't. It's not humid yeah. damp. Yes. And it wasn't right. super cold damp. So it was just like existing in dampness. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> um, but then it would usually like rain in the morning, and then it would clear up. So it hmm. we would get like still get like nice sunny days, and we had a lot of rainbows, and it was very pretty. Nice. Um, so we kind of spent a couple of days there and kind of drove all around like the Loch Ness area. There's a lot of, um, sites around there. We went to see, uh, some like castle type things and some cairns and old bits and pieces around. It did uh, seem like your waterproof boots came in handy based my on waterproof boots. Instagram stories. Um, there were lots of puddles I saw. There's lots of puddles and lots of muddy areas, especially because... So the interesting thing about Scotland and Historic Scotland, Historic Scotland is the organization that kind of maintains all of these old sites. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times these old sites are like literally just, you know, on someone's property next to the sheep field. And so (laughs) they have like... You know, they have little gates. They have signs and things for them, and they have little gates for you to get onto them. Um, and it's fine. And Scotland has these rules where it, you're totally fine to walk on people's property as oh. long as you, like, don't do anything to it. Like, don't be a dick. It's, yeah, it's open. It's like open land rules, basically. Like, okay. you, can, you can wander around the countryside through people's land. It's fine. Um, just be respectful. But so that means you're basically, like, hiking through sheep fields to get to some of these places okay 
And that is why the one time we only we only had a, a casualty one time, which was when it was very muddy on this hill where the hike seemed to go forever. And Steph did fall a little bit. <laughs> it got muddy, but it was totally fine because luckily she is the kind of person that just laughs it off and we were able to go on and it wasn't like a dramatic thing. Right. Um, so, but that was like through like sheep fields on this side and sheep fields on the other side. And like, yeah, it's kind of wild that like you're just going past all these animals. Watch out Hello, for the bulls. Sheep. That is, yeah. <laughs> don't step in any poop. Yes, there's lots of poop around. Uh, the, but the animals like don't care about you. They usually just kind of run away. Yeah. When they when you get close, so it's not a big deal. Um, we went to a lot of like little gardens, uh, yes. which obviously I loved. I think I have more photos of like close up flowers than I do of literally anything <laughs> else. The landscape or anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I also had just got this new camera that does, like, macro really well, so I was really obsessed. Yeah, you took some really pretty macro shots. Um, and so after that, after we were around Loch Ness, we kind of drove up along the eastern coast side. Okay. And stopped on some stops along the way, like, this ruined castle that, like, probably will fall into the sea in, like, 100 years. <laughs> Because it's right on a cliff. Um, Sounds about right. And then we stopped at this town that's called, uh, it's not really, I guess it's a town. It's a village, I would say. <laughs> a smattering sure. of houses. Uh, sure. Called John O'Groats, which is, I guess, like, you know, the northernmost point or whatever in Scotland. They have all these, it's one of those places that has directional signs where it's like, New York is this many miles away. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that was kind of funny. And then we went, um, to a ferry to take us to Orkney. And I'm very interested to hear about this ferry because it was an overnight ferry, right? Well, the first ferry was not an overnight. Oh. So, yeah. So this one was just um, an evening ferry because it's shorter distance between the point, these two points. Okay. Um, so on the way there, it was uh, maybe like a three-hour ferry, I think. But okay. then we got to Orkney and it was pitch black and we had to navigate to our little airbnb it was fine we only saw one creepy scarecrow attached to a fence um (laughs) that's pretty no big deal (laughs) but it was funny because i'm navigating and i'm looking at the google map and i'm like okay so you can't see any of this but on on either side of you are locks and locks are like you know bodies of water right and so i'm like so there's fences but also like you can't there's water on both sides of just like be aware just be aware that there's water and you could fall into it just just so you know just so you know um so basically and this was actually uh, in orkney right because like there's yeah so orkney you were like actually in orkney okay so orkney is actually like a group of islands it's right. not just one island, but we were on, right. there's like one main island, basically. Right. Um, and the main reason actually why I wanted to go to Orkney, or to Scotland even, I mean, I wanted to go to Scotland to begin with, but when Steph said, what is the thing you want to see? I immediately was like, I want to go to Orkney. I want to go to Scarabray. So we went to Scarabray the next day, which is this Neolithic site. So it's 
thousands and thousands of years old, like older than like the pyramids, older than like everything else in Europe that you would normally see, mm-hmm. older than, you know, everything, <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really well preserved and it's, it's just kind of, it was weird because we were, we were basically like the only people there, um, again, because it was like drizzly and I think it was like a Monday, so obviously <laughs> no one was there. Um, but it's kind of interesting. We were at a, like, aside from Scarabray, we went to May's house and we went to like a lot of like standing stone things and a lot of these really old, 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 old locations. And you're just standing there and you're like, these people live thousands of years ago. Right. And like their homes are still here. And it's, it's hard to like, think about and like reconcile I think a little bit it's real I like I feel like Americans in particular have a hard time with this because uh-huh. our country's only We're not like 200, around... 200 years old or whatever right so like I know like when my parents came to visit me in Spain and we saw a cathedral that was built in mm-hmm. like the year 1100 or something and my mom was mm-hmm. like our whole fucking country is like 200 years old we're such a joke <laughs> Like, well, even correct, even like <laughs> so. Then, like, you go even further back than that, and you're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's even weirder. It's not just that our the you know the United States as a concept is super so young, but also I feel like our culture in general, like, just we don't save things, right? You know? Well, like, and we, we destroy and I live in old houses, but we like. In general, like anything that's old gets destroyed. Right. We well, don't and we save did a it. real good job of just like eliminating any like indigenous mm-hmm. sites. It's like so many yeah. indigenous sites. Like we could have had lots of really, really old historic sites, and we did a really good job of destroying so yeah. many of them because yes, we yes. Suck. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, a lot of these sites, obviously, they were buried for thousands of years and they were only kind of you know quote unquote discovered in you know the mid 1800s or whatever but I think the fact that they found them and then they worked really hard to then preserve them so people could Mm -hmm. go see them is really interesting how they're approaching it and I wish that uh you know maybe the United States could learn some lessons in how to properly care for historic monuments (laughs) (laughs) and let's all just take a walk down memory lane and remember that Megan went on like a whole like archaeological dig in Israel when she was in college so this is like so far up her fucking alley I know it was made I think that's I think that's part of the reason also why I was so interested in going to all these sites is because when I was in college one of the classes that I took um was a northern European archaeology class so it was like Mm -hmm. covering all of these things basically um and I would have actually preferred to do northern European archaeology because like I don't know. That's like my heritage anyway. And so uh, that was the only class they had on it at my school. (laughs) So I I took that class and then everything else was relegated to like biblical archaeology, which is not that interesting to me, which is why I ended up changing my major again. (laughs) Either way, I have still had a long interest in the concept of you know, historical preservation and things like that. Well, and you know, like I think that we want to think that people that lived – billions of years ago were like so different from us 
And like the I mean, truth be told really. is that they not really like yeah. you know you go to these you see these like like I, I'm pulling up pictures of Scarbray right now and like clearly there's like a, a hearth and oven situation like they've got some sort of like oven type thing that they have mm-hmm. with like where they probably made bread and you know like n- shit that we do now like. Yeah, places what I found to sleep. Like it's all that... like it's all. This is all yeah. shit. Like p- humans are humans, and we want to think that yeah. like, oh my gosh, we've changed so much in the last bajillion years. But like, at the, at our core, not that much. Yeah, they have like um like a shelving system where like they would display their prized pots yeah. and things like that. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have trinkets like we do. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um. Yeah. I mean, obviously they lived in like much tighter knit communities, but other than that, like they're really, they were really not that different. Right. Um, so yeah, so we went all around Orkney and looked at all of these amazing Neolithic, Neolithic sites. And it was very cool. Uh, there was one time, a couple, it was interesting because some of the sites on the the historic Scotland app would be like closed, and we were like, "Let's go see." You're like, eh, <laughs> "Are you though?" <laughs> yeah, we would go anyway. Um, and uh, there was one place where it is called the the Bro. A Bro was like a kind of like Scarborough, where it's like a you know these homes, um, mm-hmm. and of Bursay, and so it's across what is called a tidal walk. Which means that if the tide is in, you can't cross. And if the tide is out, you can cross. Mm-hmm. And so... Did you get lucky one of the times? <laughs> uh, we got lucky both times. So, oh, that's so good. <laughs> we were parking the car. There are a bunch of other cars there. Um, and so the guy next to us, he's like, you guys know like when the tide is? And we're like, we have no idea. And he's like, yeah, I don't know either. And we're like, well, there's people over there. So, you know... <laughs> glad we had this conversation <laughs> i can see i can see other people already there so if we get stuck we'll all get stuck together it's fine <laughs> uh so we, we went across it was fine wandered around uh and then as we started to go back uh realizing most of the other people had already left the island um the tide was starting to come in <laughs> Oops. and if we had stayed maybe like 20 minutes longer it would have definitely uh been dicey to get across the little tidal walk because um, the water is very cold and the way that it rushes in there it looks kind of fast so yeah it, it would have been a problem luckily it was not a problem for us but I was starting to get concerned <laughs> um, and then but then uh, we also did some shopping in some of the little sto- the stores in Orkney. I found a bookstore. I got a book by George McKay Brown, who apparently is the most famous author to ever come out of Orkney. Um, oh. And the Orcadian bookstore had a whole, like, you know, six-foot-tall bookshelf full of his books, and I had to try and pick one, and that was difficult. But I got one. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> I'm excited to read it, though. Um... I got a bunch of other stuff. I got like some hand knitted stuff from Orkney. I got a ring that I really like. Um, So that was really nice. I got all my like basically my own personal souvenirs (laughs) taken care of in Orkney. Excellent. Uh, And then we did our overnight ferry. 
and it's actually a pretty nice ferry overall like I think I've been on a ferry not that many times I remember going on a ferry when I went from Wales to Ireland when I was Uh 15 uh and it was not that good I guess I don't remember obviously it was 15 so but I don't do anything interesting I don't think uh But these are pretty nice. Like, they have nice seats. They have, um, like, people can get a cabin like we had, or they have just um, seats that are kind of like train seats, I guess. Sure. Where you could kind of recline them a little if you wanted to sleep. But also people would just sleep on the benches because they were padded. So, yeah, it's fine, whatever. Um, So we get to the ferry. The ferry doesn't leave until, like, I think it left at, like, midnight. And it goes all the way from, like, Kirkwall, and then it goes around, like, through the little island, and it goes around the East Coast side that we had driven through before. Okay. Um, down to Aberdeen. And it arrives okay. in Aberdeen at, like, 7 a.m. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So, it was interesting. Like, we didn't, you know, sleep a lot because it was a short trip, and you're on mm-hmm. a boat. <laughs> Kind yes, of I would op- imagine weird situation. Sleeping on a boat would be certainly interesting. Yeah. Um, and then you get to Aberdeen and like nothing's open. So. Break seven. It's like, seven a.m. breakfast. The Costa's not even open. Uh, Where yeah. do I put my luggage? Right. Yeah. Um, so we kind of just wandered around until the coffee shop opened. <laughs> like, please let us in. <laughs> it's so cold. I need coffee. Um, and then from there, we went to stay at these little lodges that are called the tree houses. And they're not, oh. they're not actual tree houses. They're trees that are like, they're like built in within tree, like a tree grove, but they're not like tree okay. houses. So basically a, a regular okay. cabin okay. with trees around them. Um, okay. But it was very cozy and cute, and they also, they have a huge property, so they also have, you know, like, it's a working farmland as well. So there's cows, Mm -hmm. it came right, like, right up to the edge of our fence areas, cute. Um, And there was, like, a little creek that goes by, and we had our own wood-burning fireplace, and it was just super cozy and cute, and made meals there, it was great. and then from there, we went around to a bunch of different castles. We went to, like, uh, Dune. We went to uh, Sterling Castle, which is huge and really well kept. Um, and, like, we went to, funnily enough, for all of my complaints about Outlander, uh-huh. uh, we went to many places that are featured in Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think was going to ask. I think it's just because moments. you can't really escape it because you're in scotland you know yes. so um uh and they do the trek we all went... over the fucking place in that show so they do yeah and one of the castles we went to has been in outlander it's been in monty python and the holy grail it's been in like five other movies sterling yeah. castle was in movies like all all of these places have been in movies um so it was really interesting to listen to the people talk and like uh some of the guided audio things, like I have 
Sam Hugan, and like it was very funny to me. <laughs> but one of my favorite places that we went to uh, is called uh, Kuros Palace, and it's not really a palace. It's basically just like an estate. Um, okay. But they have this amazing, beautiful terraced garden in the back. Ooh. And it had, they have apple trees of like all these amazing varieties, different heritage varieties that you can buy on the site. They have like. Is that where you got those really pretty pink apples? Yes, yes. The bloody plowman apples. Mm, they They're red really on the inside. Uh, they have like, you know, 100 feet worth of blackberry bushes. They had just like everything. They had, you know, what's um, not the artichoke, but the thing that looks like an artichoke that's related to an artichoke, but isn't an artichoke. Is it edible? I don't, I don't know because it's so going in October, like most of the things are, you know, winding down. I can't think of it now. Either way, they had like the plant still there so you could still see it. And they had all these other things. They had this one thistle thing that I, I cannot remember what it's called, but apparently in the 1800s, that was what they would use for like brushing fabric. Oh. So once the flower died, it like would leave this dry, hard thistle center interesting um so i thought that was really cool to see like the garden basically like a working garden and so that's really cool uh in outlander apparently that's the garden they use for like claire's fancy herb garden Mm -hmm. in the show and then the house also like they do film in some of those rooms for the show and it was funny because (laughs) One of the the lady who was working like the ticket area was like, she's like, yeah, some of the rooms are closed because they're like about to start filming. We don't know when exactly they're gonna start doing it, but that's why the rooms are closed. I'm like, okay. But then I I was waiting for uh, Steph to get out of the gift shop later on after we had gone through the tour, and this one lady was like so excited because she was reading the little like Outlander pamphlet that you get. And she was just like, oh, I'm so excited. Like, you know, is Sam around? And the lady's like, no, he's not here. Like, <laughs> we just keep just him hanging around until somebody asks. Like, no. It's adorable. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. It was, it was a really lovely trip. I don't know. I went to so many different places, and I can't even keep them all straight. I have to probably get, like, Steph's little, all of her little notes that she had. So I, I have to get like a little map and like mark with like pins Yeah, she has a map. So she, nice. she has Google Maps of all the trips that she's been on. Nice. And so she has them all marked so she can keep track of what sites she's been to. And I'm like, I need, I need that one so I can make sure to label all my photos correctly. Right. Um, yeah, it was cool. Uh, especially, like, I'm not super well-versed in Scottish history or British history and, like, yeah. that far back or anything. But it's right. really interesting to go to all those different places. Um, like, we saw the the tomb, not, I guess tomb now, of, um, like, Robert the Bruce. So uh-huh. that's cool. Like, thinking about that stuff is interesting and um it was really lovely to just like get away for a while and one of the things i like the most is that all the places we stayed like 
we would go out and about like during the day mm-hmm. but because everything's so close like you could hit lots of different places in one day mm-hmm. and yeah. then we would be back at our room slash you know house whatever by like you know four o'clock yeah and then we would just like have some tea it's just like cozy in for the night make yeah. dinner yeah cozy up read our books like it was so relaxing in the evening I it was mean, great it was great and we walked so many steps like every day so it was a good thing that we did that's the dream right like that's yeah that's the i that's the idea i mean i know that is not everyone's ideal vacation but that is our kind of ideal vacation yeah it was really really nice I would say, I mean, it would be nice. It would have been better, I guess, if it wasn't quite so wet. Um, a lot of the places and like, cause the sun going, like the sun rose really late and then the sun went down really early. So mm-hmm. it, you, the day the day felt shorter. Like you did have to like come back to where yeah. you were staying. Um, unless I guess you were like a nightlife person, but we're not. So well, also you were like in these like little bitty pl- like. You weren't, like, it was, like, maybe if you were, like, in, like, Edinburgh or something, then, like, nightlife. But I feel like these little villages probably don't have much nightlife. No, I mean, even if you, like, if there is a pub, like, pubs don't stay open that late, so. No. You know. Pubs pubs aren't, like, bars here where bars stay open until, like, 2 a.m. Pubs close at, like, 11. Right. Because they want you to stop drinking and go home. (laughs) Get the fuck out. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. Uh, we had a lot of tea. We had a lot of pastries. Oh, I didn't say it. Okay. One also cool thing before I move on to you. Uh, they have these things called honesty boxes. I was going to ask you about the honesty boxes. I had it on my list. So they are basically like anyone, I guess. I don't know if there's rules. There's probably rules, but anyone can like open an honesty box, like on their property and you... It's like basically, it's like a little free library, like the same concept. It's like a little box you have on your property and you put whatever you want in it to sell. And then you have like a little money box. And so there's, it was interesting because most of the ones we went to are actually owned by businesses. So one of the ones we went to was, was she, it was owned by this lady who actually we had bought her jam at a store. (laughs) <laughs> so that but then we like, saw oh, like, wait <laughs> yeah so now here's all her jam and also her pastries um so that was cool and uh then another one was actually like a bake store a bake shop where the bake shop only has like you know certain hours but the honesty box is open extended hours right. so you can get you know bread after hours or on the day that they're not open or whatever um and they have, you know, they just have like a selection of whatever it is that you would normally want to buy at the bakery. And Love that. you just pick out what you want and you put your money. They have the prices listed like on one of the doors usually. And then yeah. you put your little money in the box. My, uh, one of my high school math teachers, she, her husband's a farmer. And so they would, um, in the summer she always had the, this huge vegetable garden and so she would do basically that in her front yard like with her vegetables and like sometimes she yeah. would have baked goods and jams and stuff that she made and yeah she just had like a little like money locked money box and just like it was on the honesty system like you know okay drop your money in like take what you you know take what you want drop in whatever you owe like 
whatever. So I thought that was cool that they had, like, that that was, like, a a thing, though. Especially with, like, pastries. I'm sorry. I'm gonna need to hit every honesty box and get all of the pastries. I mean, we ended up having so many pastries, <laughs> I will say. Like, we had a lot of pastries to work through. We had so much bread. Because we bought, when we, before we went to Orkney, we were like, well, we need groceries because we're going to get in so late and we right. don't know, you know, what time we're going to be able to get groceries the next day. But also we like to eat food when we get in. Right. So we, you know, got a few things at this little farm stand. But then also we needed like bread. So we like got bread at the Tesco and a couple other things. But then so we had Tesco bread. But then yeah. when we went to Orkney, we went to the honesty box of this bakery and they had like their special bread. So we're like, well, of course we need the special bread. Like it's made here and they mill the grains here. Like we have to have this bread. So we got that bread. And then when we went down to the treehouse, when you check in at the treehouse, you get like, oops, you get a box of food. Like they give you eggs oh. and bread and like all the things to make breakfast. So basically we had three loaves of bread. <laughs> like we had eaten, we needed parts of the first two loaves, but that we still had some of both of them by the time we got to the third place. We had so much bread left. I was bread like, galore! We, we have too much food. We, I mean, unsurprisingly, we bought more food than we needed. Yeah, but what a shock. You don't, you don't want to not have enough food, so that's fine. That's genuinely <laughs> the nightmare. Ah! Right? Like not having enough food and also... Not having enough food in the in a place in where the middle you of the night miles, you don't know in the middle right. of the night <laughs> you don't know where you can even go to get food because you're out thirty minutes from a town and it's pitch black and you're in another country yeah right you're like ah. <laughs> yes I yes, will also say <laughs> the other thing about this trip is uh so we joked about this after the first few days when people would ask us how our trip would we was we were going to say perfectly t- or well-timed because every single place we went it felt like we were beating a crowd we were either beating the crowd or we were beating the weather or like whatever or like it was because we That's were great we were at scar ray we were the only people there as we were leaving people were coming in like every like every other place we were going it was as we were leaving lots of people were coming in <laughs> it's we're like so wow, weird look at us <laughs> very proud of you good job good job yeah yeah it was great except now i have you know a ton of pictures to go through and figure out uh what to do with yeah. details because yeah you know because i always feel like i take all these pictures and then i'm like well now i have these pictures and uh that's why yep. well you're lucky <laughs> you actually Again, I suppose well-timed um, because, like, Shutterfly is going to be having tons of sales soon. Mm. Um, so you should, like, hop on Shutterfly and, like, take a look at some of their, like, not just, like, maybe, like, doing a photo album of all of them, but also, like, look at some of their, like, wall art options and stuff and, like, keep your eye out because they'll be doing, like, they do shitloads of sales leading up to the holidays of, like... Like, good ones, yeah. like, 40, 50% off of, like, photo tiles and framed prints and stuff like that. So you should pick some of your favorites and then, like, you know, do, like, a triptych or something for your bedroom or I don't know. Yeah. I was thinking, like, because um, I have, I mean, 
as I was saying, I have so many like flower pictures. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to do like a calendar of yeah or like of flower pictures and like here's your christmas like, present everyone <laughs> right or they probably have like um you could probably get like coaster like do coasters or something with some of them there's some they've got some really good like just like gift options so mm-hmm. um, i just am never yeah, sure about the quality them. of them um everything i've gotten from shutterfly has been really nice because mm. that's that's why i order um at uh, Kathleen gets a lot of her stuff from Shutterfly too, and yeah, everything that both of us have ever gotten has been really, really nice. Good so take know. that for what it's take that for what it feels worth. <laughs> I what usually use like a different. I usually use Adorama for prints, but I don't know if they do other products. So if I'm looking at other products, mm-hmm. I'll have to check yeah. it out. I'm always so concerned where I'm like, it's not going to turn out the way that I shot it. You know, like color, <laughs> like they insist on color changing it or whatever. So, yeah, it's Either usually pre- it usually prints pr- pretty accurately. Okay, um, like obviously, like depending on like how small, like if you get like really small magnets, and sometimes they it's not like as sharp, but like the really mm-hmm. like the nice like big prints and all that stuff um, has always printed really nicely. So, hmm. you know, good to know. There you go. Let's check it out. Uh, so you have been, uh, you're not enjoying yourself, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a, it's been a month for me. My God. (laughs) Uh, It has been quite the journey. (laughs) It's been a journey. Uh, yeah. So let's see. So the Tuesday before you left, no, Monday, the Monday before you left, I had my uterus taken out. Um, so yes. So I had a... So and I'm saying this in case like listeners are like, okay, I legitimately want to know what you had because I have had and I've talked a lot about it on my Instagram um, because I shared that I was going to have this procedure done and I lost count of the number of messages I got of people saying like, I've been thinking about this. I really want to hear like your experience with it and like all that stuff. So that's why I've been sharing a lot. Um, But I had a robot assisted uh hysterectomy and um fuck what's the what now i can't remember what it's called when they saplingectomy i think it's what it's called when they take your tubes so basically uh it they uh laparoscopically um removed my uterus cervix and tubes but they left my ovaries so i haven't gone into menopause um i'll that'll happen just like naturally when it normally would um unless for some reason we have to go back in and take my ovaries at some other point um but otherwise they're just chilling in there um but the rest is gone um it was one of those where we weren't entirely sure what we were getting into because i had five years ago five and a half years ago now i guess i had uh a um i had an excision uh, done uh, for like all of my endometriosis Um, and that was a real, that was like a eight hour surgery. It was really, really extensive. Um, but the thing about endo is that you literally don't know what's going on with it unless they go in surgically and look like you can't see on x-rays or ultrasounds or like anything like that. So, um, we like weren't sure if she was going to get in there and there was going to be like all of this endometrial tissue that she had to like do something with. 
Um, so she had like kind of allotted like two hours for the surgery, but she was prepared to just like stay in there as long as she needed to, to like clean things up and make sure that she wasn't just like leaving me a mess. Um, but like she got in there, my first surgeon that did my excision is even better than we thought she was because like <laughs> we already knew she was awesome, but we got it. They, she got in there. There was like, basically no excision of anything that she had to do like I didn't have any adhesions of like my organs to each other or to like anything else which is can be a really big problem obviously um like none of that it was like a super just simple she went in there did her stuff was done in like less than an hour I think Alex said it was like 45 minutes from the time they like took me back to when uh, Dr. M came out and like talked to him after the surgery. Um, and so, yeah, that was like, it, it was great. Cause I, I don't think I've ever woken up from a surgery and had Alex like walk in and be like, babe, it went great. Like there's so much like, yeah, it went great, but you have to have another surgery or like, oh yeah. Like he was like, no, honey, it was, it was great. She, it, she was really pleased. I was like, oh, this is awesome. So um, I got to go home that after. That afternoon, the surgery was like at mm, 9 a.m. And I think I was home by like 2 or something. Um, I had to, in order to go home, I had to eat something, drink something, be able to like get up and walk like to the bathroom. And I had to pee, which was actually the hardest part because they catheterize you during surgery. And so peeing after you've been catheterized is like the fucking worst. Um, but I was like, I'm going home. I'm not staying here overnight. Um, and so I did it and got to go home and, um, just like, you know, made myself a little nest in bed and, um, yeah, I don't know. The, the pain wasn't really that bad. Um, I, my surgery was Monday and I think the last day I like took anything for pain was like Friday morning and that was like a Tylenol I think I only took Norco for like the first three days or something um and it was like the 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 pain afterwards the incisions really weren't bad it was more so anytime you have an abdominal surgery they um pump you full of air to make space for what they're doing so they can kind of like move your other organs out of the way and just like be able to see what they're doing. But when they're done, they, they can't just like suck the air back out of you. It has to just like dissipate naturally. So what happens is then like when you, they sew you back up and like you are like laying down or sitting up, the air like it, it comes up into your chest and like your shoulders and it's really painful. Um, and it takes like one or two days to like fully dissipate. Um, and so that actually is the, one of the most painful parts of recovery is like just that air. Cause it like the pain meds don't really do anything for it. Um, and it's really hard to just like get it out of your system. It just sort of has to go away naturally. Um, so that was really painful. Um, and I had like some, I had a fair amount of cramping, but honestly, it wasn't any worse than like the cramping I would have been having if I had a period, like, cause I always have really bad cramps. So I was like, well, this is just normal. Like if I had a period, but it's also the last time I'll ever have to deal with this. So that's fine. 
Um, but yeah, it was not bad. We had um, uh, my in-laws took Eden the day, like the night before my surgery and then through the next day. And then um, she went and stayed with her birth parents and Sissy that weekend. Um, and then she was, well, she actually ended up getting sick, um, like right after my surgery. So we had like a day where she was sick and then I was also like unable to get out of bed and do anything. So poor Alex was like trying to like nurse both of us back to health. Um, I think he was a little stressed. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was pretty, I couldn't, I, I wasn't able to lift anything, um, for like the first week it was like I couldn't lift anything over 10 pounds and then after that it was like over 15 pounds for the next three weeks or some nonsense um but yesterday as of yesterday we were at four weeks and I was like I'm picking up my kid again that's fine I'm just gonna do it um so hopefully that was fine with my doctor I guess I'll find out tomorrow when I see her again (laughs) (laughs) I have so many questions about the air thing Oh, tell me. Uh, I may or may not know the answer. Okay, so... Like, the concept in general is just kind of wild to me. So I've never had surgery aside from, like, having my children. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the only surgery that involved was, like, sewing me up at the end. Uh, Uh (laughs) um, Yeah. Uh, It's fine. It happens to everyone. It's fine. Uh, not traumatized at all this many years later. Uh, the word tearing doesn't do anything to you. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. Um, so, because you said it has to dissipate naturally, but I'm imagining the air that they're pumping in is just kind of like going in. It's like not going, it's going right. into your body, but like the way the air yeah. in your body would normally dissipate is like through a burp or a fart right? right so like right. where how does this air naturally dissipate because it's kind of like really i understand it's just i'm just kind of picturing it sloshing around in there yeah and that's kind of what it feels like and that's why it's like so weird because like you just get all of this painful air pressure like in like especially like up through like your ribs and like your chest cavity and then like it up into like the very top of your like shoulders mm-hmm. it's very strange it's very hard to like describe but it is it's very sharp it's very painful um and you're right like some because like some people are like well if you drink like carbonated stuff you can like burp it out but uh, my doctors have always been like that's not gonna do anything and actually could make it more painful um so because the air is not in your gut right because it's not in your gut exactly it's just like in like your chest cavity basically it's just like kind of floating (laughs) around there and so like i think at some point it just sort of i don't know if it just like leaks out your skin i don't i don't really know how it goes away but at some point it does because at some point you're no longer like really puffy and also it doesn't hurt anymore So, so I don't weird. really understand. Yeah, I don't really understand how it gets back out. Like that's the whole science that doesn't make any sense to me. But it does eventually. Um, I did discover this time that like heat actually helped with that a little bit. Like helped ease like the pain and the pressure. So like a little mm-hmm. heating pad or like kind of hug it up against like whatever part was really like hurting. But yeah, it's it is well and it and because like, I had it with 
all of my I've had all my laparoscopic procedures. Um, we had a friend, um, our friend Susanna's husband had surgery on his chest recently, and he had it. So yeah, it's like any sort of like abdominal surgery, they do it to just like, and I guess it makes sense. Like they got to be able to see the thing that they need to see. Um, mm-hmm. And this is, and they like pump it through your belly button because that's like what you'll when you have a, a laparoscopic <laughs> procedure there's always like an incision in your belly button and Alex, because he is who he is like Googled and like YouTubed my surgery. He like oh, watched God, a YouTube no. video of my surgery because no. he was wanted to know what they were doing. Um, and he's like, yeah, that's what the incision in your belly button is. That's where they pump the air in. I was like, Oh, okay. No, no. The more, you know, <laughs> no, no video watching for me. Thanks. I, your description is fine. I don't need to know more. I'm also the person who like, learned how you know LASIK works and then refused to get it for like two years so yeah (laughs) (laughs) you had to forget the details before you could go in and do it I mean I had uh, a panic attack at the checkup appointment before I even had it done so (laughs) it's fine um and then you were you know healing really well and then you got COVID and then I got COVID yes I was like bopping along feeling great like people would be like oh stephanie like how are you feeling i'm like i don't even feel like i had like literally like a week and a half later i was like if i didn't have these incisions and wasn't still a little bit swollen like i would not know that i had surgery like Mm -hmm. the surgery recovery has been incredible like i guess i was finally due for something easy with my Mm -hmm. reproductive system because this recovery has been great i still technically have like four more weeks of like the internal recovery um Mm. but like i feel totally fine or whatever um yeah and then halloween i tested positive for covid and that i i i had i i really had the covids there and i was like you know i think i texted taylor i was like if i had to pick covid or getting my uterus out i would get my uterus out a hundred more times over having this stupid covid this fucking sucks so yeah I mean, also, it's almost more insulting to get it so late. It is. I was, like, so close. Well, and it's funny because our friend Bethany, her family got it, like, three days before our family got it. And, like, unrelated to, like, to each other. But we just ended up with it at the same time. And we had, she was like, I really thought we were going to win the pandemic. But apparently not. No. (laughs) It's like... No, 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 no. Everyone no. gets it, apparently. Yeah. Well, and the I, most hilarious, the most hilarious part to me is like, I, you know, I have all this experience, like looking at uh, pregnancy tests and being like, well, that's definitely negative and like all this stuff. And so like reading COVID tests, not that different than reading a pregnancy test. And my, my husband comes in, he comes in the bedroom and he goes, is this positive? Does this mean I have COVID? And he hands me the most fucking positive COVID test I've ever seen. Like, the boldest positive line. Like, (laughs) he handed it to me, and I was expecting it was going to be, like, super faint. And I was going to have to be like, yeah, even when it's really faint, it's positive. It is the most bold line I've ever seen. I was like, yeah, babe. That's a, <laughs> that's a positive test. Like, clearly you've never read <laughs> pregnancy Maybe test. he was looking for the plus sign. <laughs> I know. I was like, yeah, honey, it's fun. You have COVID. Uh, so sorry. 
<laughs> so yeah, we just all got over that. So it's been a journey. It's just it's been a long yeah. month for us. Like I'm like I'm tired. <laughs> like I'm like legitimately just tired at this point. So it's fine. Whew. It's fine. And now, now it's like you know Christmas is next month. So yeah. I know. Although I guess we don't have to worry about getting COVID over the holidays now. I mean, I guess technically we could get it again, but odds are probably we won't that quickly. I don't really know how that works, but uh, I have no idea. I think it. Uh, it's confusing i it a lot of i mean obviously as they learn more about it all the things change and it's just it's kind of hard to keep up it changes every five minutes it's so hard to keep up with it so like then you get it and then you're like okay what are the guidelines now like i don't Mm -hmm. like how long am i supposed to quarantine when can eden go back to school what do they need to see what like what are the rules like I, i was like i don't one of my friends was like well, what, how long are you in quarantine? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the right answer. Like, I don't know. I just need someone to tell me what to do. Right. Cause also like you can still test positive for it for like weeks because there's just like old crap in your nose. So you could be like not actually positive, like not have it and not be contagious but test po- is very confusing. I when, just, I don't know. When Bob had it, he tested positive for like two weeks. Right. But, but he wasn't like, well, I don't know. It was anymore. weird. Don't it was know. weird it's because weird. he was positive And then like a week later, that's when Max got it. Mm-hmm. Like I assume from him. Probably. Um, And then like, I never tested positive, but we're pretty sure that I had it. And Reese never had he never tested positive and he never had symptoms so yeah i i don't know (laughs) yeah eden eden did not get it she was perfectly fine extra perky actually oh as both of her parents oh my god like what i was like because the first day because the first couple days we just tried to quarantine me and then like she still went to school or whatever which Mm -hmm. was fine for the their guidelines and then of course once Alex is a positive like she had to stay home and stuff because obviously we couldn't take her um and we're both just like miserable and, she, and she's like extra perky and I was like oh yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw myself off the roof <laughs> I can't toddlers is, man oh my god she was so perky I remember I like, when Ugh. when Reese was little um Bob and I got food poisoning once. And I think he was a little, he was younger than Edie, I think. Um, But it was horrible because we were so sick. And he's just like, you know, this little, little kind of kid you got to take care of. And he's oblivious to everything. Right. Oh my God. Like, I don't, you're like, honey, I don't feel good. And she's like, let's go to the park. And you're like, I, no, we can't go to the park. Like, um, uh, mommy can't make it to the end of the block right now. Right. You're like, I literally, like, I'm going to search for every activity to try to keep you busy in this house. Like, we did a lot of bubble baths where I would, like, set up the laptop for her to watch a movie while she was in the bubble bath. Because <laughs> then I could just, like, sit, <laughs> like, while she played in the tub and watched the movie. It's like, yeah. Right. Or I'd be like, don't you want to watch a movie? And she would be like, let's play. And I'm like, I think you're broken. <laughs> I think my kid is broken. <laughs> oh. So, no, just toddler. 
because it's just a ta- just a two-year-old. So yep. But yeah, we are recovered. So you know, on to the next big holiday adventure. Wee. That's where we're at. So yeah, that, that's <laughs> that's that's my saga. Much uh, less exciting than yours. Although getting rid of my uterus and not having a period anymore is pretty exciting. I'm not gonna lie to you, though. I mean, I am pretty jealous of that. Uh, uh, the, although know. this bitch, two days before my surgery, this bitch was like, "I can get another period in." <laughs> Squeeze it in like, there. The fucking just... audacity! <laughs> your your uterus is just like I'm just gonna scoot past you. Right, just scoot right past you there. Yeah, what a bitch. She is. It's fun. I had the. I swear to God, I had the nurse, the pre-op nurse, just like roll. I don't think she knew what to do with me. She was like, because like you know, I think a lot. You know, obviously, she's a a a surgical like a pre-op nurse, and so there's lots of different surgeries happening there. And so you know, I think for the most part, people aren't excited to have surgery, and so they come in and they're probably like really anxious and stuff. And I was like, she's like, how are you feeling? I was like, I'm great. I'm great. I'm so excited. Let's do this. Let's get rid of this asshole. She was like, okay. Yeah, she and my surgeon were both just cracking up at me. Like, hey, let's do this. But yeah, then they give you the good drugs, and then you go take a nice nap. That's that's that. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Megan, uh, what's uh, bringing you joy this week? Oh, goodness. Um, (laughs) It is, I would say it's hard to say. Um... But I might uh, just go with uh, my dog. Um, Obviously, I missed my dog while I was traveling. She missed me very much while I was traveling. While I was gone, she started taking to sleeping in this green armchair that I've had. (laughs) I mean, we've had it for like 16 years, something like that. We've had it for a very long time. It's very cozy. It is a very, um, it is a very comfy armchair. Yeah. And uh, she's taken to sleeping in it. Apparently, she slept in it every night while I was gone <laughs> instead of sleeping in the bedroom like she normally does uh, because I wasn't there. God. Uh, my dogs do my husband. shit. My dogs do that same Mom's shit. Mom's not like, here. I don't know what to do. Exactly. Uh, like, I don't know if bed is the same thing as it is when right? she's here. So I think I'll just sleep on the couch. Okay. Weirdo. So weird. Um, but she is, so she sleeps in there now during the day as well. Um, and so she's taken to doing this thing where, so it's a one of those armchairs where the back pillow is, you know, not, it's not attached. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she has taken to smushing it down so she can lay on top of it slash behind it, like the <laughs> back of the chair and the big fluffy back pillow, basically. Oh um, my God. And she is ridiculous, but it's adorable. So I can't, so I can't like be mad at her. It's also like it's an old chair, so I don't really care if she is right. what, kicking it around. What's she going to do to it? Not much. Right. Nothing. Uh, but I think... For Christmas, I'm going to get her one of those, like, uh, I guess they're called, like, a cuddler bed. So I want like, one of those. It's basically just, like, um, I think they're made out of, like, the the soft, like, fleecy faux fur kind of, like, material. Uh-huh. And they're, like, it's like the shape of a beanbag, but doesn't 
like it's not firm. Uh huh. But so you like sit in it, and it kind of like makes like a, a circle pod. around you, like a little pod. Um, and so I think I'm gonna get her one of those because she likes being snuggly so much. She would love. And that. then she can sleep in my office, and I think because she doesn't have any cozy place to sit in my office, and I think it makes her very sad. <laughs> so I mean. It's just... So I bought a dog bed for Eden's room, like, right after she was born, because the dogs would follow me in there in the middle of the night and then just, like, look sad. So I was <laughs> like, well, obviously I have to get a dog bed for this room. So, yeah. So I would have three million dog beds in our house, because every room, they have to have a cozy place to lay, obviously. Yeah, of course. The carpet is not good enough on its own. She needs a cozy Oh, bed. no, no. Yeah. Well, you know, we got to protect their hips and stuff. Come on. It's true. She is only, you know, like maybe three years old, but you know, she needs it's cozy fine. places. Yeah. Uh, so that is what's bringing me joy, my doofus dog. Uh, oh, and also, like, we finally got our new fence, and so she can be out in the yard again, and she seems to be much happier now that she can just see out the fence instead of having to peer over it. Nice. Um, yeah. So what's bringing okay. me joy? Um, so our favorite podcast is Maintenance Phase, mm-hmm. and Mike, one of the co-hosts, has a new podcast. Oh, I just saw that. I'm excited. If Books Could Kill, and <laughs> I'm listening to the first episode, and so it's, a uh, they basically are taking all of these, like, airport books, it's just like Ooh. horrendous airport books and just like picking them apart. And so the first one is about Freakonomics. And oh my it's God. E- it's excellent so far. It's everything you would expect a Michael Hobbs podcast. I've also decided he, the likelihood that he's an Enneagram 5 is extremely high. Um, Obviously. <laughs> yeah, I, there was just something. I can't even remember what it was, but there was something specific he said in like this episode the like intro he did with Aubrey on the maintenance phase where I was, I can't even remember what it was he said, but I was listening to it in the shower this morning and I was like, Oh my God, that's such a fucking Megan thing to do. Um, (laughs) So yes. Anyway, uh, it's just everything that you would expect from a Michael Hobbs podcast. Um, But I'm really excited about it because you know, I always like another way to listen to my favorite podcasters. Um, my husband used to really be obsessed with Freakonomics, um, like the podcast they did put out and like the show and everything. So I'm very excited to listen to this. Well, and like, even Mike is like, uh, even Mike said, like, I used to listen to that podcast because it was like one of the first podcasts. Like there wasn't really a whole lot around and like stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm not really, I'm not familiar with the guy that he's co-hosting with his name is peter um but he seems really dope based on this uh this episode that i've listened to so far so i'm excited to see what other books they talk about uh because mike was like i'm fascinated with bad ideas (laughs) and so i wanted to talk or do a podcast where i talk about bad ideas uh so yeah anyway that's uh that's what i'm excited about right now Excellent, excellent, excellent. I always need more Michael Hobbs in my life. I was very sad when he left You're Wrong About because um, they were on opposite schedules, maintenance phase, and You're Wrong About had, like, right. opposite weeks. And so, like, I was, like, every week I got to have a new episode. So I know. I know. Yeah, it's exciting. 
But yeah, also, I the think, latest, I think this one the might more opposite. Yeah, the other more most recent episode of Maintenance Phase was the one about Daily Harvest, and I was so invested in that story when it came out. I was so excited about that episode. So wild, it was amazing, wild shit, you guys. Yes, if you, I'll link it in the show notes because. If you did not hear about this whole hullabaloo, it is fucking fascinating. Also, it was not just about, like, the stuff about Daily Harvest that they talked about, but all the, yes. like, related things, basically. Is yes. Wild. Yes. Yes. The FT... Well, and it's... Fu- it actually, it's really funny because <clears throat> in that episode, they talk about there's this FDA de- designation called Generally Regarded as Safe or Grass. And that, like, comes into play with some of the ingredients that were involved in this whole thing. Um, and it's funny because they were like, have we talked about this on this podcast? And I was like, yes, you have. And then they were like, no, we <laughs> haven't. And I was like, oh, no, that was another podcast I listened to that was, like, talking about it in regards to, I think, like, supplements. Um, but I can't remember what podcast it was. But that also is, like, a very – like, they talk about it <clears throat> not, like, super in-depth in that episode, but it is really interesting. Um like how that came about just in general um, of this like FDA designation. So you don't have to like go through the full like FDA approval process. You could just be like, yeah, this is generally regarded as safe and stuff that like you just don't know about if you don't know about it. Mm-hmm. And then once you know about it, you're like, blah, 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 <laughs> God damn it. You feel like cheating in the good place. You're like, oh, I have a stomach ache. Put the peeps anyway. in the chili pot. Make it taste bad. I've been, I've been rewatching The Good Place this week. <laughs> and it's just, oh my god, I love it so much. Oh, Cheaty's the best. <sighs> anyway. <clears throat> uh, well, next week we'll be back with another episode. Can't tell you what it's going to be about because we are super disorganized right now. But we'll be back with another episode. So, I mean, we until, hope so. <laughs> we hope so. We'll be, we'll be back at some point with an episode, most likely next week, uh, most <laughs> likely with a guest. But you know what? You're just going to have to stay tuned and, and see what's happening. Uh, until then, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Bye.